Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live on the Dub Podcast Connection Loop. Today I am with David, and we are going to talk about this idea of explaining to people something that they don't know that they actually need. And and I think the person that might have said it best was Steve Jobs or even Henry Ford when they were talking about if you were to ask people what they wanted, they would say a faster horse or a CD player that takes larger CDs or something. And of course, here we have the automobile and the iPhone, the iPod. So David, you are obviously very passionate about this topic. Could you just sort of start with a short bio and then let's get into the topic? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for reaching out to me and, and inviting me on the uh, the Dub podcast. I'm excited to be here and I'm, I am passionate. Thanks for that lead in uh, with Steve Jobs. That's one of the things we talked about before the show was comparing, you know, my, my book uh, talks about cold calling is not a numbers game, but the, the inner secret to my success was selling to people who told me they were happy with what they had when I would make cold calls, which is an untapped market. And that's the people that I say, uh, you could sell more or set more appointments with people who don't know they have a need. And I just tie that in as you just did with Steve Jobs, where he says that, you know, he, he sold iPhones to people that didn't know they needed them, you know, created an iPod when they didn't know they needed an iPod Uh, and on and on and on with the Apple universe was being ahead of the, you know, you have to be, you have to think off the page is part of that quote, not on the page, but off the page and think about what they're going to need before they even know they need it. And that's key. And that's just my short bio, just simply uh, that, that uh, I got on a hot streak about 20 years ago, working in a call center, setting 15 appointments a day, every single day, 15 B2B appointments with C-level decision makers, right? I wasn't selling. I was just setting appointments. Some people wonder how I was running all those appointments, <laughs> doing that and then going to make the sales. But I was just setting appointments. Uh, and I did that and I wrote a book about it. So it's been number one bestseller. Uh, and I coach people. I'm also an entrepreneur contributor. Um, so go check me out there. But uh, that's what I'm passionate about is coaching and teaching people about setting appointments and how to do a better job of it. Yeah. And I think what's what's really interesting about this is that people have problems and then there's solutions that they have to do research in order to figure out how they can solve those problems. So I think what happens a lot of the times with problems is that either A, you just assume that that problem is here to stay and you're not gonna fix it, like a slow printer, right? You mentioned that example before the before the recording. You know, the, the next example is where you have a solution, but you don't know what all the solutions are. You know, you might assume that there's one viable solution when in fact, there's another one that you just don't know about. And then the, the, the third one that comes to my mind is this idea of you're just in the hyper research mode. You know, you have a problem. You don't know what the solution is. You're open minded. And I think what you're presenting is this idea that a good salesperson should be able to communicate and to sell no matter what the scenario is, whether they know what the solution is, whether, whether they don't. But I do believe that the common thread is the problem. We do have a problem. We're suffering from something. So my question for you is, how do you understand what the problem is for the person? How do you determine that they indeed have a problem, that eventually there is some solution to solve for them? Well, 
that that's very interesting because what's what's very interesting about this is that you eventually get to a problem right but when you talk to somebody on the phone and they say you're calling about insurance you're calling about it you're calling about investments you're calling about any number of things you're calling them about what happens is right when you say hey this is dave i'm calling from insperity i have some clients with insperity um and people know what insperity is and it's about you know about employee leasing and you know staffing and all this stuff benefits workers comp payroll they blurt out that we're happy with that you know we have a service we're happy with now so the point is what we what you're talking about right now ruben was top of mind in other words somebody in the researching mode is top of mind and that's what everybody's after this is the this is where it's counterintuitive right in other words everybody's after that lead with somebody who has a known problem and they're already thinking about it and it's top of mind and the but the problem with that is that there's a, only a small number of people in each market the marketing association has it about three percent it's probably less if you're calling any vertical let's say we're calling lawyers in new york right and you have you do a certain service and you're calling to improve what lawyers get in this area right and you're calling most lawyers what you're calling have um you know a printer they have somebody who does this they have somebody who does that and they're completely happy with it they are completely happy with it right so that's not something somebody targets they go to the next call they try to find somebody who's open-minded probably because they have a problem in that area and they're like hey you, you broke something i'm interested in the problem with that when you're cold calling is that you call and call and call and call and get hang up after hang up of people who say they're happy i'm happy i'm happy and you barely get anybody on the phone that'll talk to you and so if you want to make a lot more money right like i was talking about there's a how would i do it and there's a known universe the people you've been talking to going past them that say they're happy and that's what that's what we're talking about that's how it connects with steve jobs if he was calling people would say we have a smartphone already right or i have a pda or have something already and it's meeting my expectations he was going off the page and going beyond their expectations to something they weren't thinking about yet and that's what i'm talking about is any any when you're cold calling you can find a way to improve your service a slightly better and make solve a problem they don't know they have yet that's what we're talking about in other words they're not aware of it at some level they don't see what you're trying to solve as a problem and so you get an appointment with them by agreeing with them and say look I'm, you're not ha you're you're happy now and you have to go through this little dance with them it's a little dance with their ego and you agree with them and say hey look you're happy now i know tell me about it and this and that and the other and then you start asking questions and you say well, let me ask you you know even though you're happy with that that uh, your insurance policy right now and it's meeting your needs when was the last time that you compared and um you know did you know that there's a new feature out there um if there was and a way to lower your prices and get more coverage and all that stuff it just blow your mind are you kind of open to that in the future and so you create an opening where a person who is happy right now and one of my students said it best a dichotomy where on one hand they say they're happy and on the other hand they're open-minded and that's the key is they're open-minded about solving something they don't think they have a problem with because you've said you had a better way and in that process of meeting with them and then explaining how we've taken this idea that you're happy with right now and then we've just improved it and made it better 
in that process, I call it the comparison. I was happy with DSL because I was on broad, I was on dial up, right? You remember dial up, right, Ruben? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I have that sometimes I do appointments, I play that squawking sound, you yeah. know, to compare their product, what they have with dial up. And we're not dial up, this is dial up. <laughs> dial yeah. up. And then you just, everybody in the office has got DSL. Having a DSL party, we got DSL. You know, we're, right. we're happy. We're just happy as a pig in a lark and just just ecstatic. And then here comes a cold call from somebody saying they sell internet services. Well, we're happy, right, Ruben? You know, we're right. completely happy. But the guy's brilliant because he's read my book and he agrees. Said, "Oh no, you what? How? What are you happy with? What do you have right now? Oh, you have DSL. Oh man, DSL is great." It's so much better than dial. Oh, yeah, we agree. We're in a little agreement party, right? And then I just say, well, let me ask. I know you just signed up for DSL, and that's better, and you love it. But, Ruben, what if there was a better, even faster way than DSL? I, is, I mean, would you be open to that if it existed? And then I guess, well, I guess we would, right? I've got DSL. It's great. But if there was a faster way, I guess we'd be open to it, right? Yeah. That's there lies the guy selling broadband. Right. <laughs> broadband. And that this is the core idea. They didn't even conceive that broadband existed and they were still happy with DSL. Well, what happens when I show up and I show them the broadband speed? Mm -hmm. Would a person on DSL still be happy with DSL speed? <laughs> Not anymore. Their mind would be blown. Right. And see what happens is you've just created a need. Right, that process by putting head to head two different services—one that they didn't know existed, and the one they're using now—and then sometimes in the sales process you can't just show them like that, right? That's why sales can be so happy selling intangibles. You have to, as I often say, be a magician in reverse and make things that are hidden, like hidden costs, magically appear before their eyes, and that takes a skilled salesperson. But if you can do that at some point, show them the, the comparison. And this is where I get, I hope we can get this message, Ruben, is I go to, I've been to talks, right? And I get to the point where I say, how do you do this? How do you set these appointments? And you create a need. And then people beat me to the punch. Before I say it, they all raise their hand and say, create a need. But there's one thing I know, and I think you would agree with me, in a world where 90% of the people are trying to find a person with a need, right? We got to find someone that has pain, a problem, like you said, a need, and go hunting and searching for this, you know, search parties to find this prospect with a need. These people don't really know what creating a need is. Would you agree? Yeah. Truly. Well, I, 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 I really connect to what you're saying because, I, and I think that it solves this massive problem where, if you a traditional business, you know, they'll they might say that only five percent of our addressable market, two percent of the people that we speak to are actually real prospects. They're qualified. They have a quote unquote need. They have that problem that we need to solve for them. They're looking for a new X. They're looking to upgrade Y. And the problem and, and yes, there are those people and it's a small sub segment. And that your conversion rates are probably going to be higher, higher on from those people because they're sort of bottom of funnel. They're in that kind of analysis decision-making phase. But the problem, of course, is that what about the other 95, 98% of the people that are out there in the universe? Or now, six. all of a sudden, you've, you've shrunk it. 
right? So yeah. you well, I would say you know, like 60, because there's like 15% of the people or 20 are just adamantly. One guy told me on the phone, he said he was wedded to his IT company. And I had to stop for a minute and be, what does he mean wedded? He means married? He's married to his IT. So, you know, just like you have in the universe of Apple users and Sanyo users, right? Trying to switch uh, an Apple user to a Sanyo user, the guy that waits out in line all day for the new Apple product, you're not going to switch him. Yeah. So I, I take 15, 20% off the table and it's somewhere between 40, 40 to 60 has a unknown need, but they're malleable. As I said, they're open-minded. Yeah. That's the key. And, that's, and, what, and, that's what I'm looking for. Someone that's simply open-minded about the future is the whole key to this book. It's fine. And but you but as we're talking about, you have to be the the Steve Jobs. Yeah. Of course, you don't have to reinvent the iPhone. You just have to look at what your your service and say how little ways you can improve it, right? And make it better. And and so what I could say is solve problems that people don't realize they have. And then you can jump on the phone and set up a ton of a point. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, we deal with this um constantly at Dub because you know, we're a video software company. We allow salespeople to communicate with video. We've built this fantastic platform to allow people to do exactly that. The problem is a lot of people don't know that they need to use video for sales. They think that you can just email and call and, and that's great and it works. Um, but guess what? Video is visual and it, and it sort of drives the person down a conversion funnel of some sort. The problem is that a lot of people don't know that. They don't connect to that. So we either can find a small segment of people that do understand the use the uses of video for sales, or we can say, you know what, let's go educate the masses. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to evangelize, you know, video for sales com. And it's sometimes challenging, but it's very rewarding because the when you work in groups, when you work at scale at that size, when word of mouth starts to kick in and when you start to really delight people and they say, I never knew I could do that. I never knew I could email a video or SMS a video with calls to action that response it makes it all worth it because they're like thank you for opening my mind and you do that's you it, you you become if you're selling it if, you, if you're setting appointments you're just simply tantalizing people uh and then getting them to to op to see the possibility out there and try to back it up with some real world evidence and then they set the appointment if you're the salesman that's going to go sell that then you have to take those ideas and, and make them appear before their eyes so they can see the difference and see that it's dramatically different. Uh, and that that's a paradigm shift. And that's what real selling, you're not an order taker. You are someone who creates a. Now you have, you have a, a book. In fact, I'm going to share my screen and show some visuals for that. And, uh, Million Dollar Rebuttal is the title of your book. Um, I'm curious to know what that process was like. Um, I, I definitely want to grab a copy of this book. I know that it's available on Amazon and a couple other platforms. In fact, I'll just give a plug for your website right now, milliondollarrebuttal.com. That's where folks can actually go right now and fill out a form and actually get a copy of your book. And I think what's really interesting about this is that a lot of people think about closing. They think about conversions. How do I get more people to, to buy? And it all starts 
with the people at the top. It starts with people that are interested, that will speak to you. And I think that what's really interesting about booking appointments is that that's where you initiate the process. You initiate the process with appointments. So tell me about your book. What was the process like? How long did it take to write? What are the sort of key learnings and findings in your in that text? Um, uh, it took me about seven months to write the book, but several years uh, to get it published and all that. Several years to get it published. Um, but it's not that once you read it, I have video training. Um, you know, you can get my book here. It's, it's claimbookoffer.com, just free plus shipping. Uh, you can get my signed copy of the book. But it didn't take me that long to write it, but it, it took me a long time to produce it. It's a simple idea. It's it's a simple idea, but it's getting that idea that we've talked about hashed it out, I think, today. If somebody's listening or watching, I think you get it. And it creates a huge opportunity because most people you talked about, you know, like easier to close those people that have a no need. Not always, because those people, Ruben, are often taking quotes from everybody. Right. They're getting tons of quotes, RFPs. And what you do get to do with these people that are open minded before they know have a before they know they have a need, but they're open minded, is you get to nurse that opportunity for several months and build a lot of rapport. And what I found is if they at some point they realize they have a need, they may go get a few of the quotes, but they bring them all back to me. <laughs> because I'm the one who taught them, discovered them. And have held them by the hand through the process, and I have I can refute those, and we close the deal. So it's a whole different scenario. It's a whole different scenario. And the one thing um, I, I just want to mention is people may be saying out there, "Well, that's great, David. You can set all these appointments that are that are happy, but they're open minded, but they're tire kickers, and they're going to waste my time as a salesman." And I say, "No, uh, I, it's Tony Safian." is he's endorsed my book. Uh, I did cold calling. He was one of my customers. I helped him make a million dollars telemarketing. And Tony got it. And he sold. There was one account where really I talked to a law firm, office manager. She was completely happy and told me, Ruben, 20 times on the call, she mentioned that she was completely happy. But she was curious because I, I tantalized her with something that she had never heard of before right? That's the key, that curiosity and get them interested. But you're not going to get them to budge too much because they are happy, right? And so I closed on the, the end. I just said, look, let me let me make this real to you. You don't believe it. Let me get Tony out there and, and you take away all the, like, the fear, all of the pressure and say, get way back off pressure. <laughs> He's not going to sell you. We You've told me 10 times. I'll tell Tony. He's just going to there to show you that it's real. Bottom line is that lady, that law firm switched two weeks later. She was completely happy. So, no, yes, you can close those people. If you have a real viable solution that's proven, test it, and you can prove it, and basically get down to some way you can compare what they have now, and that's what happened. When she compared her break-fix model, this was IT with Tony's proactive, preventative, unlimited service, where this one, there was no known way the cost could go 
thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, $10,000 a month. You didn't know. And this capped. She couldn't believe it. And she called, signed up. Boom. Done and done. Awesome. Where, where can people learn more about you? Where can they grab your book? Social handles. I see your phone number on your LinkedIn profile. Give us some contact info. Yeah, they can call me uh, if they want. Um, they can please follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, claim book offer is my um, my link, my pro, my funnel for my book. It's $9 for shipping. It's a free book. But I am looking, Ruben, right now for 50 companies. Uh, I, I say we're going to take that hunk of plastic that you call a phone. Where am I right here? Right? <laughs> that you call a phone. And we're, we're going to weaponize it. For these 50 people, You get it's an offer you can get when you go through the funnel to sign up and have dropped the price way down. Anybody can afford it. And it's video training. It's coaching with me on the phone. And we're going to take that phone, weaponize it, and we're going to turn you into my cold calling Marines that are going to become my killers that won't let a prospect off the phone until they buy or die. <laughs> oh, <this laughs> there is I just like to say that because it's so dramatic. But it's <laughs> high pressure. We don't high pressure. We'll, we'll, we'll add the music in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for your perspective on this. Million Dollar Rebuttal is your book. I encourage folks to check out your website, milliondollarrebuttal.com, and to connect with you on social channels. David Walter, thank you so much Follow for me. your time and to call you, 210-758-4971. Blow this guy up. Thank you so much, David. Stick around um, for a couple of post-production notes, and thanks again. Thank you, Ruben. Thanks, audience. I look forward to talking to you. Thanks again.